Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Now picture with me. Here they are and she would have said, fellas, uh, God bless you. Be warm and clothed and have a wonderful trip. No, she hid them. She sent them out uh, the right way. She told those who came and they were looking for uh, these spies. She said, no, no, they've gone out the other way. And she did all she could to help them. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. The Bible is filled with many godly examples of those who have decided to place their faith in God and had transformed lives as a result of their faith. As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series through the book of James, he'll be explaining how Rahab, the harlot, proved that she had faith by how she helped out the Jews and concealed them. The only way we can truly know if we have saving faith is having evidence of a transformed life. The former things have passed away and you become a new creation. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Works must accompany our faith or else it's absolutely useless. Faith not only prepares you for heaven but also equips us for works of service here on earth. It was during the Second World War in a town of Strasbourg in Germany, bombs exploding throughout that town. One of the churches had a statue of Christ and the exploding bomb destroyed the hands of the statue on Jesus. After the war, there was a sculptor who came and volunteered his services to repair the statue. And when it came to repairing the hands on the statue, the congregation said, no, leave the arms there without the hands. The reason was this. We are his hands. We are his hands to give someone a drink of cold water, to minister a meal, to help a person in need. We are his hands extended. When a person comes to Jesus Christ, their faith unites them to Christ. They become a part of the body of Christ and they become his hands, his feet, his lips. They become an extension of Jesus to others. For me to live, Paul says, is Christ. That's what it means to have faith. Faith connects us to Jesus. Now, faith that James talks about is a faith that also relates to God. See, faith relates to God. He gives us this illustration in verses 18 and 19 when he says, But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Faith without works to God is useless. Not only to man is it useless, but to God it's useless. 
How would you like for someone to compare your faith with the faith of the devil? Oh, you got faith just like the devil does. Your faith looks like his. James didn't mince words. He didn't make people comfortable. They didn't sit up and say, oh boy, no. Uh, he, he challenged them, say, it's not enough to know the creed, to know the statements of faith. It's not enough to say, I believe that Jesus died. I believe that he died for my sins. He was crucified on the cross. He rose from the grave. He ascended to heaven. He's coming back. I believe he's Lord of the universe. Great, great. So do the devils believe that. But it doesn't create obedience in their heart. That's the key. It doesn't make a difference in the way they live their everyday life. And what God is looking for is a faith that makes us different. That changes the way we live. We live around in the midst of people and in the midst of Christianity and churches who know all of the doctrines and can spell all of the doctrines out clearly, but those doctrines have not made a difference in the way they live their lives. And so James is hammering home that truth. Someone has said, unused truth becomes as useless as an unused muscle. You know that if you don't use your muscles, you'll lose them. Someone in an accident and has been bedridden for a long time has to go through therapy so that they can regain their strength and their muscles could be once again be put into use. If you don't use your faith, if it doesn't do anything in your life, you become accustomed, you become deceived to think that hearing and doing are synonymous. And actually, there can be a funeral service over your faith. We could have a burial service because it's not alive. God wants us to have a living faith that impacts our relationship to God. Now, he's going to take these two things and illustrate them again. He's talking about, first of all, our relationship to others. How faith impacts our relationship to others. If it doesn't help in issue in works, it's useless. If it doesn't issue in his life of obedience to God, it's useless. And so he first of all talks about its relationship to God. And he takes us back into the Old Testament to a visit with Abraham. Now imagine with me a conference table. There at that conference table is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and Elijah, and uh, Isaiah. And they're all talking about their exploits of faith. If you were to ask, who is the father of the faithful? Who, who exhibited the greatest faith? Hands down. Everybody at that conference table would point to Abraham. And so James points us to Abraham and says, here's an illustration. Now, he starts off with the end of Abraham's life in the illustration and then goes back to the beginning of Abraham's life. He starts off with the end in verse 22. He says, you see that uh, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made complete by what he did, by his actions. You could see that Abraham's faith impacted his actions. He was going to live out 
his faith. It was a natural outgrowth of faith. How does faith impact our relationship to God? You know what it does? It completes our faith. Works are the completion of our faith. The text says, his faith was made complete by what he did. What faith will do, real faith, it makes you do something. It pulls you out of your comfort zone. It pushes you to your limits. It causes you to do what you normally would not do if you were just merely walking in the flesh, if you were just merely walking in the natural. And here Abraham is making an incredible sacrifice. That's what faith will do. Abraham could have reasoned with God, God, I have prayed for years for a son, and now here Isaac is, and I have to take Isaac, and you're telling me to sacrifice him? We, God, all the promises that you gave me are wrapped up in this son, and you told me I was going to be a father of many nations, and now I have to take him and sacrifice him on the altar? He doesn't even argue. He doesn't even debate. He doesn't even try and rationalize or reason. He simply says, yes, God. And he takes his son, and he's ready to offer his son to God. Faith will enable you to do incredible things and make incredible sacrifices even when you don't understand God. There are times you will not understand. There are times there will be question marks, just as it were, right in the horizon. And those question marks will never turn into periods or explanation points in this present world. You'll have to wait to the world to come. But you will walk in obedience because God said it, you're going to do it. And that settles it. Some of you are like me. You don't like to fly very much. I was under the assumption that I had a good pilot. When the landing came in and it was smooth. I think others maybe thought the same thing. And sometimes when the plane would come in and it would make a bounce, I think, boy, that pilot needs a little more practice. But you know, I was wrong. Pilots call that smooth landing a grease job. There's 60 tons of weight coming down on like 3,000 you know, uh, uh, feet or so just uh, in that landing space. And when the plane comes down softly like that, that's not a good landing. It's better to bump the wheels so that uh, the landing will be safer. Now, that didn't make sense to me, but that's true. Because it is a far better landing. So next time you're on the plane, you know if you have a good, if it's bumpy when it hits the ground. Not to our mind, that might not make sense. There's a lot of things in life that simply will not make sense to you. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And at those moments when we don't quite understand, we simply, like Abraham, if we've learned to walk in faith, we obey. That's what he's saying. 
God calls us to obey even when we don't understand. There are times that things just don't add up in this world. I like what uh, someone said. God gave Abraham a righteousness he didn't deserve. Abraham gave God an obedience he couldn't comprehend. God gave Abraham a righteousness he didn't deserve. In chapter 15, God says to Abraham, you're righteous, Abraham. And in chapter 22, Abraham steps out in faith and obeys God, even though it simply didn't make sense. Are you in a painful situation? Are you being prompted and directed by God to do things that just sometimes in the natural people might question and wonder but you know that you know you're obeying his word you know that you know you're doing what God has said to do works are really not only the completion but the fulfillment of our faith works are the fulfillment of our faith in James 2.23, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, and Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. He was called the friend of God. This is so powerful. I mean, it, it just says so much. In chapter 15, God says, Abraham, you believe me, you're righteous. Look at Abraham's life. He makes a lot of mistakes. I mean, he makes some blunders and uh, you'd look at him and you just wonder, Abraham, boy, you've really missed it here um, but see, God spoke over him, you're righteous. God has spoken over you and me a lot of things. He calls us hoagathas. That means the holy ones. We translated the saints. Sometimes we don't feel too saintly. But when our faith issues in works, what God has spoken over our life comes to pass and we live righteously the prophecy of scripture and the promise of the word becomes the prophecy of our lives righteous before the nations there Abraham is in his great act of sacrifice he is so righteous that he looks like God the father offering up God the son and becomes a type for church history throughout the ages to look back on and reflect on the sacrifice of God the Father giving God the Son to this world. In Ephesians, it says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's incredible. When you walk in obedience and your life begins to fulfill uh, scripture, you're going to notice something. A comradeship, a friendship, a relationship with God that begins to grow and develop. It's said in this text, Abraham was a friend of God. Wow! A friend of God. When did it come? When Abraham makes his greatest sacrifice. When Abraham obeys God. When Abraham listens to God. When Abraham works for God. Now, works not 
just according to his agenda, not on his daytimer list, but works that are motivated by faith in God, works that are motivated by the Spirit of God, works that God is prompting and leading and directing and guiding us to do. See, works that are an expression of our faith, not works that we're motivated by guilt or somehow the desire for achievement. No, works that are motivated by our faith and trust and relationship to God. We see that our relationship to God is, is completed, is fulfilled by faith. He's illustrating. It's not merely a confession of faith because the demons can make a great confession of faith, but they don't obey. And so he takes us and shows us Abraham's life. But now he goes back and he illustrates our relationship to others. Now, sometimes you feel like you've absolutely missed it. You've got no chance. You feel like, boy, if I, I don't know if I could do anything. I, I'm just the least of the least. Well, he brings us to an illustration. He talks about a woman, a woman of ill repute. Faith lifts her out of those circumstances and makes her an inspiration for generations to come. It's amazing what faith, true faith, living faith will do inside of you. It did it inside of Rahab's heart. It says in James 2.25, genuine relationship to men. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. Faith, you will see, always blesses the giver. Now, it's risky, it's hard, it's difficult, but it always works. It always works. It always blesses the giver. Now, Rahab, think about this. She's, she's going to maybe risk her life. She might incur the anger of the inhabitants if she's found out, and the leadership in, in the city of Jericho. Uh, she's She's going to risk her life. She's going to step out and walk out in faith. She just doesn't say to them, well, you know, I believe in God, wonderful God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe that God's giving you this land, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. She does far more than that. You know what happens? Rahab finds a place in history. God lifts her up. And for generations to come, every Gentile that would walk into the camp of Israel would hear about a Gentile that God used at a strategic time as they were going in to possess the land. She was lifted up in the history of the people of Israel. And for generations to come, Joshua would bless her. The elders and the leadership of Israel would bless her. And generations to come would bless her she's going to be a great encouragement was that easy for her no it was difficult at that day difficult at that time it is never easy to obey it's never easy to allow faith to cause you to step out and trust and obey but I tell you it is always blessed it is always rewarding it is always more than compensated from heaven's perspective now, there's something else in this. Blessings not only accompany the person who gives. It's more blessed to give than to receive, the Bible says. But blessings also 
impact everybody around. Faith that works blesses the receiver. It blesses the person who receives. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Now, picture with me. Here they are, and she would have said, fellas, uh, God bless you. Be warm and clothed and have a wonderful trip. No, she hid them. She sent them out uh, the right way. She told those who came and they were looking for uh, these spies. She said, no, no, they've gone out the other way. And she did all she could to help them. He's illustrating at this point faith that works among people. Faith that does something for others. It made all the difference. They were safe. They were able to escape. They were able to accomplish their mission. It's been said 20 to 30% of the church at any time is immobilized. In our congregation, 20 to 30% because they're going through a crisis such as maybe a divorce, a sickness, a financial struggle, some dark, deep valley, and they can't do anything. They have to be on the receiving end. So let's say 30%. Then there's the Pareto principle that says 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It's true in church, it's true in business, it's true in the community. Uh, 20% give 80% of the money. I'd like to change those. Not downwards, but upwards. Now, put those two statistics together. 30% paralyzed, 20% working. That leaves another 50% of the congregation that has the opportunity to serve in some manner, some fashion, some way to bless the church. I read a story about, I believe he was a missionary. Uh, he was in South America and he wanted to take up the banjo. Now the banjo there is smaller than the one here in the States. It has less strings. It's a little different. So he went to the first store and the man didn't speak very much English. Spoke, I guess, Portuguese and just didn't really know very much and, and about the banjo either. And so uh, he showed him a particular banjo and uh, he left and he decided to go to another store. And in the second store, similar situation. Didn't speak much English, didn't communicate well. And he was about to give up on it and he went to the fourth store. But at that store, he was lucky. The man spoke some English, but he could play the banjo. I mean, he showed him how to tune it, how to play it. And the more this guy listened to it, he got excited about it. And he said, I'm going to take that banjo. I'm going to purchase it. And he said, the banjo didn't sell itself because it was the same banjo I saw at the first store, the same model. There are people that are looking at your faith and my faith. If it's a dead faith, they've gone to a cemetery and there's going to be nothing there to attract them to Christianity. But if it's a living faith, it's attractive. It draws people and lives are touched we celebrate this year the 100th anniversary of Azusa Street. Do you know when God's Spirit was poured out in Azusa Street? They were involved in practical evangelism. Women would go down the blocks of the city and they would listen maybe for a crying 
child or a woman in need. And they had with them their Bibles and they had with them their anointing oil. And they would stop and go from house to house and they would say, are you sick? Let us pray for you. And they would pray the prayer of faith. And then they would roll up their sleeves, wash the dishes, clean the floor, help out with the kids. Real faith works. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? These words from the book of James could lead one to believe that we must earn our salvation by good works. Pastor Ed will tackle this difficult subject and more as he teaches through the book of James. We'll learn that works are the result of faith, not the other way around. Although building in faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his series through the book of James, right here on Building in Faith.